With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Stick to Football, coming to you live from Pluckers in Austin, Texas. There's going to be some background noise. There's going to be some people yelling. I don't pluck and care. We're just going to have some fun, boys. I love that the first background noise is that stupid boy band commercial that I absolutely hate. Glad we got that on the show. Glad we got that out of the way. Austin, Texas has been amazing so far. It's hot, though. Very hot, but uh, definitely worth the trip. Obviously, if you follow us on social, we got to see the facility yesterday. I know you guys have been there. But for me, it was pretty overwhelming how awesome of a place this is for football. Yeah, it it really is. When you go into the facility with the locker room, with all the history that's there with the helmets, everybody that's playing in the NFL currently and previously, it is a a special place in my heart, that's for sure. Special place and special thanks to the staff there for allowing us on a busy weekend. This is a a big weekend. Yeah, we learned that quick. You guys will be listening to this on Monday morning after the game has happened, but this is such a monumental game for both LSU and Texas. Uh, two teams that are not rivals, but they are rivals for recruits. They're sharing a very small space in, in south, the southern part of the country where they're trying to get the best recruits out of, the, out of Texas, out of Louisiana. So uh, whoever wins this one gets some bragging rights. There's going to be a lot of recruits at the game that are trying to decide where they want to go. Uh, so this is a big one uh, for those high school kids and for these staffs. But, guys, I want to start with some NFL talk because – Unfortunately, we have spent a lot of time this summer talking about Antonio Brown, the the situation really from the moment he forced his way out in Pittsburgh, now through the trade to the Raiders, to the helmet disgruntled situation, the frostbitten feet, everything. And now it finally culminates in the Raiders cutting Antonio Brown after he and Mike Mayock had to be separated because he went at his general manager I don't know that there's more that needs to be said about the fact that he's no longer an Oakland Raider, but I would just say two things. Number one, congratulations on finally cutting him. But number two, it took way too fucking long to get rid of a problem for me in Oakland. Has anybody destroyed their brand more quickly than Antonio Brown? Like week 16, he's the best receiver in the NFL. Flash forward to today. A lot of people don't even want him on their team. And I think after today, looking at some of the tweets that are starting to come out, he is really hurting himself. I mean, he's taking money out of his own pocket. He already did with the Raiders. Now, moving forward, I don't know what's going to happen with him, if any team's going to be willing to take a chance on him. Yeah, I think we're at the point where we're questioning, maybe he just never wanted to be there, and maybe this was the end point for him. He wanted to be cut. And I think when you look at the Oakland side of this, it, it really comes down to there's a lot of reports that this was a John Gruden influence move. Maybe it's time to step aside and let the guy that you picked to hire make the team. I, I mean, come on now. Yeah, give him point. a chance. Yeah, give him a chance. This put Mike Mayock in an awful spot. It, it's you know made the Raiders look a little foolish for a bit, and it's not that we're sitting here shitting on them. But at the end of the day, this was as big of a failure as it could have been. It's time to move on, but maybe it's also time to do things just a little differently now. 
Yeah, I absolutely think it is. And I know I'm paraphrasing here. A good friend of mine who works in the league says this all the time. Bad thing, bad teams make bad decisions. And you look at Oakland. You can look at Washington and some of the decisions they've made over the years. Like Bad teams just do bad things. And even when it looks like it's a good move, it backfires. It blows up in their face. That's where I feel like we are with Oakland. I'm rooting so hard for Mike Mayock to succeed. I like a lot of the players they have. I thought they had a fantastic draft. But, gosh, like we look at it now and the marquee move that you made this offseason – not only did it blow up in your face, but you really let this tear down the culture that you're trying to build through those draft picks or through a high-character guy like Derek Carr as your franchise quarterback. So I, I think not only does the season start tomorrow or for them Monday night, I, I want to see how this team's resolve is. Like, what, Who are the leaders? Is Derek Carr the leader of this team? You know, is it the rookies? Who's going to step up and say, hey, yes, we just lost the best player on this team, but we're going to be okay, and we still have a game to play against Denver on Monday night? I think it's on the young core that Mike Mayock just drafted. It's time for Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abram. You know, Josh Jacobs is a little more bit of a, a quiet guy, but I think at the same time he can be the identity of that offense. I think it's time for them to take over there. Yeah, I honestly, I think that Cleveland Farrell is probably going to do it, and I think he's going to do it very soon. He's a vocal leader. He was at Clemson already, and I think we'll start to see that in this Raiders locker room room too yeah I, I think it's it's fascinating so here's my here's my rule that we're going to make about ab we're not going to talk about him anymore till he signs i mean that might be why right? this like, thing's going on. i just want to be done i we've already shunned one person this weekend i'm now shunning ab until he signs because i just don't care anymore i'm over it well i think what we should care about is the guy that just did all the things the right way and got what ab's always wanted full guarantees and that's julio jones by never talking any shit I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen him even do as so much as an interview. Like, he just keeps to himself, shows up, works his ass off, and gets paid. And I guarantee he's going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, $64 million guaranteed for Julio Jones on a three-year $66 million extension. So, look at those numbers. $66 million extension, he got $64 million. Yeah, 97% of his deal he will fully see. I believe it's due at signing as well. So, for Julio Jones, this took a long time. But at the end of the day, great for Atlanta to get this done. But th- when you're a reliable superstar, not a reliable player, a reliable superstar, this is what's going to happen now, and this is, might change the structure of NFL contracts going forward for those guys. I, and I've, you know, we've talked over the years about will it be Russell Wilson? Would it have been Andrew Luck? Will it be Pat Mahomes? Who will be the guy that tips the scales to where NFL players are getting more guaranteed money like NBA players? Uh, we might have the answer. It I, might be Julio Jones. I never thought it would be a receiver. No. I always thought it would have to be a quarterback or maybe even a corner. I never thought it would be a receiver. Yeah, well, good for Julio. Like you said, a guy who has been class all the way. I mean, and to, to take care of your business right, I, I do think from a business of football perspective, what a weird day. You have a guy who forced his way out of a team and gets a ton of money guaranteed, now be cut. And then you have a guy who just quietly went about his business. We knew he wanted a deal, and he gets his deal. Like, if you are, and we saw, we talked about it before, Le'Veon Bell. Okay, he held out. It didn't work. It didn't help him. It didn't benefit him. I wonder if a message is being, like, low-key sent to players of, like, hey, handle your business, and we'll take care of you. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be. And I think you mentioned how it's such a weird day. It's really a weird weekend. Great for the Kansas City Chiefs because they extended Tyreek Hill and absolutely no one is talking about not it. Not a single That's person. A good point. I, for, I forgot about it. Exactly. It's not news. It's not relevant because everything with Antonio Brown and now Julio getting his guaranteed money, he's just an afterthought. And I, it couldn't I be wonder better if they the did Chiefs. that on purpose. 
Like, I oh, mean, all it, this AB stuff's going on. Let's slide a Tyree Kill extension under the rug. I mean, the they did it on a Friday, which is the usual NFL thing. But I don't know if you can have that great of planning to say, hey, all this AB stuff's about to come out. All this Julio Jones is about to get a new contract. It just worked out perfectly for them. You can hear it behind us. Week two of college football action is happening. Uh, as we sit here a couple of hours before kickoff in Austin, Texas, the Army-Michigan game just wrapped up. Um, as we're recording, Clemson and Texas A&M have kicked off. Uh, Nebraska-Colorado on one side of me. We're surrounded by TV. So those are the two games that have kicked off. Syracuse probably still losing Syracuse by a lot of points. still losing by a lot. My dumbass bet on Syracuse, like, as the game kicked off today, and then they lost by 40 fucking points. So I'm real happy about that one. And then I was, like, all about Army winning – they didn't. I mean, I think we have to talk about that right now. Let's see. Here's what I'm going to say. Don't ask me again about Shea Patterson as an NFL quarterback prospect. Don't do it. I don't think I'd put him he's in the senior bowl right now. No, oh, he's I not agree one. with you, Connor. I, I think that he's struggling to get it. there. Listen, here's a hot take. He wasn't that good at Ole Miss. No, he really wasn't. This is a typical. Also, he wore 22. Five, quarterback. Five-star guy that comes in and is supposed to be great. And is not. And I don't want to just shit on Michigan. And this happens at every school. But he comes in, he's supposed to be great. We just haven't seen it. So he's not a draft prospect. He was a top recruit. He always will be. But he's not a draft prospect right now. Not one of the top ones. This is a very good year for quarterback play. Maybe last year he was a draft prospect. As of right now, I don't think we need to talk How about How many him apologies am I going to get from Michigan fans who roasted me for going stock down on him last week? You'll get one from Dan Barnes. That's it. And I don't even know if he roasted you. He will just speak for the group, for his cult. Yeah, because I don't understand. Like, I thought it was obvious last week. I know the numbers look good. I thought he played poorly. We saw it again today. Yeah. Shea Patterson is not accurate enough to be an NFL starting quarterback. Well, I think I have two takeaways from this game. One being that Michigan is the team we thought they were. I mean, the bottom line is it, Army's a, a team that a lot of people don't want to run into. That's my other take. But Michigan, if your offense looks like this, have you? I know he hasn't played good teams, but have you seen how Justin Fields looks? And not against Ohio the State's going to beat them by ninety. I mean, the traits they almost on did him. last year, and not even just Justin Fields. All three wide receivers, J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. they cannot hang right now. Yeah, I'll tell you this: that I Ohio watched, State defense. Thank you. I watched Army's D line get after Michigan all day. Chase, Chase Young's, Young's going to kill, and Tyreek Smith on the other side. They're going to kill them. They're going to blitz those linebackers. The secondary has so much skill back there. It's it's going to be Michigan bad for them. State's front seven. Yeah, oh, I mean, Mi- Mi- for days. this is the first time where you look at it and you go, Michigan's in big trouble. Not, they, they're not going to win the conference trouble. Melo said this earlier. That offense has now struggled against Middle Tennessee State and Army. And Jim Harbaugh is an offensive head coach. Like, this is a bad look. People and forget that. We said it on the Thursday night show, hey, Army is a sneaky team because they're going to control the clock. They're going to run the ball. And it was actually two throws today that ended the game for Army. There was a pick in the red zone, and then in overtime they tried to throw the ball on a third and 11 and couldn't get it done. But like Army now two years in a row has hung in there with guys like Oklahoma and Michigan. Don't fucking schedule Army. Don't, you're gonna take, they're going to rise up one of these times just punch somebody in the throat, and I'm going to be sitting here like, hey, you shouldn't have, don't schedule Army. Yeah, not early on in the season. Army would beat UCF. Uh, yeah, probably. I hope so. They just control the clock so well. I just like to pick on UCF. I know you do. You want to rile up Poke. that fan base. Good Is luck, that a buddy. fan base? I don't know. I believe it's we a We found fan that base. out when yeah. we left them out of the playoffs last year. They have a fan base. Yeah, but a big one. It's a silent majority. But I, I think otherwise, you know, Michigan, we haven't seen Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's out with a mysterious foot injury. He's now missed two weeks in a row. 
I do like Nico Collins. I do like Trey Black. Red, um, the young receiver, Bell. Bell, Bell looks Bell. like he's going to be very good. But otherwise, you know, Michigan has struggled. Lavert Hill did have a pick that was thrown right to him. He also had a very bad pass interference call early in the game. He's just very handsy, very grabby. If you're struggling to stay with the Army receivers, that's probably not a good sign. But, I mean, it was one play, but still. Yeah, and otherwise, draft prospects today. Chase Young goes off again. Justin Fields went off as well against a good Cincinnati team, but he's not even draft eligible yet. Oh, he's going to so, be in that Trevor Lawrence class. So, yeah, 2021 is looking like a decent year to get a quarterback, Miami Dolphins, if you're listening to this. But I think that the standout for me today was Chase Young. Again, two weeks in a row. Defense for Heisman, baby. And Epinesa had a great game. I mean, he's come out dominating. And once again, might be a competition thing. But, you know, when you look at Epinesa, Cisco with another interception, there's a lot of good defensive players on the radar right now. We haven't even seen at this point the UT-LSU game tonight. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about that one. Yeah, I mean, Clemson today, uh, the Clemson defense is swarming Texas A&M. It's very early as we're recording. It's still the first quarter. But as we're sitting here talking, I've noticed that Clemson's D is just everywhere. And that was something we've talked about a lot this year. Will they be able to rebound for those five defensive linemen they sent to the NFL draft last year. You lose two corners and Trayvon Mullen and Mark Fields. They, they look fine today. Yeah, I mean, they're doing very well against uh, Texas A&M offense so far that uh, had a lot of hype around them. Not for me. I couldn't. But uh, with Kellen Mond and what he's able to do with his athleticism, Jimbo Fisher gets overrated as an offensive coach. They're hanging in there so far. Kind of a boring game right now, 0-0 in the first quarter when we're recording. Yeah. Not a lot of action this morning from notable draft guys. Um, like we said, uh, Wisconsin is playing right now against Central Michigan. I'm going to predict a huge day for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's a safe bet. Yeah, I don't know I, if I you feel good. He actually already has prop. a touchdown, so we're good. Yeah, if you can find that prop bet, take it if you haven't already. One, thing I, one thing I would like to do uh, before we get into some draft on draft, though, is officially apologize to the people of Maryland and all their fans because I got on Twitter Saturday morning thinking I was a betting expert. I was like, how is Syracuse plus one against Maryland? God, Maryland sucks. And I went off on and on and on about it. To the point that I bet money on this game, Maryland won 63-20. to 20. And that's the part about Vegas. I mean, everybody looks at these lines, and sometimes you're like, what the hell are they thinking? More often than not, Vegas is right. They know something. They oh, do. They really do when it comes down to it. And Maryland, I mean, that offense is really, really In back-to-back weeks, they've scored 79-63. and 63. Yeah, you get McFarland in the backfield, Josh Jackson at quarterback. It, it's looking pretty good there for Maryland. They're very fast. They're very explosive, Maryland is. Uh, Ohio State, we talked about a little bit. They dominated Cincinnati 42 nothing in a game that I really thought would be closer, much, much closer than that. Utah won over Northern Illinois this morning. Uh, we didn't see a ton uh, of this game just because of the timing, but I did notice Zach Moss was slowed down That's- a lot today. I, I didn't get to watch any of that game. I thought that he w- looked like he was playing pretty well. He had 80 yards. Oh, okay. Then never mind. On 18 carries. So not a bad day. He did have two touchdowns, but uh, I think time of possession really favored NIU in that one. So like Connor said, we're, we're waiting for the evening kickoffs. I'm very excited about one matchup tonight, guys, and that is Colin Johnson, the receiver for Texas, against Christian Fulton, the corner for LSU. We told you over the summer, Fulton at times looked better than Greedy Williams last year. I think he's a smarter, more mature corner prospect. Excellent size, 6'1", 200 pounds. But can he match up against the six foot six Colin Johnson, who, when we toured the facility, the, the staff was just falling over themselves to praise Colin Johnson to us. That is the one. Not Sam Elger against Grant Delpit. Not Caden Stearns against Joe Burrow. 
it is for me, the out on the outside, how much do we see Fulton on Colin Johnson? And our buddy Jim Nagy already kind of previewed this as something that might happen at the Senior Bowl. You love to see those one-on-ones. This is live action. It is going to be great. I love both those players, obviously. Uh, I want to see if they can keep up with that size of Colin Johnson and how he can be tested. Because as of right now, looking at him as a prospect, he's going to run into the four fives. He's six foot six, two hundred twenty-five pounds, and looked very impressive last week against Louisiana Tech, uh, which isn't saying a whole lot. But his body control, his ability to run, he looks like a totally different player this year. He is the true number one receiver with L.J. Humphrey gone to the NFL. Uh, I really like what I've seen so far out of Colin Johnson. Hopefully he plays well again tonight. And we're seeing a little trend here where there are guys that are paying off. You know, staying in school is paying off for them. Colin Johnson seems to be one of those guys. He could have got in the mix of that wide receiver class last year, probably been a third-round kind of guy, I think. Yeah, probably right there with yeah, Mike and, Butler. And this year, I mean, he has legitimate top 50 conversation talk right now with how explosive he could be with his size matchup and getting a big matchup like this on his schedule. Any predictions, because we are recording or before the game, any predictions on Colin Johnson versus Christian Fulton? Or do you even think we'll see them that much? Because I'm not I, sure what LSU does. If they're a lock-in to one side of the field kind of guy, I, I would think that they are going to put Fulton on him because there's no other real threat for Texas to catch the ball. Duvernay is going to be probably guarded by uh, a nickel corner slot type guy, or safety, because he plays in the slot almost exclusively. Uh, so I think that they have to. If I'm game planning for this game, I would put Fulton on Johnson. Yeah, I would have him trail all day. I mean, why not? Go, you know, you got to play chess here out there with these guys and take away their best playmakers. Texas doesn't have an overwhelming amount of skill guys. They have good skill guys, but when you have a corner like Fulton, who's a top five guy in the country right now, get everything you can out of him. Yeah, I, I don't know that Fulton can compete in jump ball situations. We saw in week one, Colin Johnson was really good in the red zone. I think that's where Fulton might struggle. I, he can run with him all day. I'm not worried about that. But can he get physical enough to box out? I think the most fascinating X's and O's standpoint for the game tonight is, what does Grant Delpit do? Does he play over the top and help? It's not really his game. Does he stay in the box and try to spy Ellinger and Keontae Ingram at running back? How do they utilize Grant Delpit defensively? Two of the best defensive coordinators in the entire country trying to shut each other down tonight, basically. It's a lot of because what the quarterbacks can do. It's going to make it very interesting with Joe Burrow going off last week for five touchdowns. He looked good. I know they didn't play a lot of tough competition, but still the LSU offense looked different. So how how's Texas going to play a Brandon Jones or a Caden Stearns? I think you ask the same questions about their safeties as you do LSU safeties. Yeah, I think with Delpit, you might see him in the slot. Even to help on the outside against the run, we've seen him really be used everywhere. They're using him kind of like their Jamal Adams now, where he could play traditional strong safety, free safety, slot corner, linebacker, it doesn't matter. And that's what makes him one of the most exciting defensive players in the country. As we wrap things up at Pluckers today, if you know, we're on the tailgate tour, which I'm excited. Uh, week one, baby. Week For one. Us. And Connor and I have decided we're only drinking Lone Star today. Maybe because a couple we're in, Shiner Box. Maybe, maybe. I do like Shiner Box. It's kind of heavy, and it's 104 degrees outside right now, so I don't know. It's fucking hot. It's fucking hot. I'll it tell is. you, I drink the same beer everywhere I go, and as soon as they write me a check, I'll tell yeah, you what it is. Yeah, don't say it. Right. <laughs> it's not the one people are thinking. Nope, it's not that cheap one. You can't find that at restaurants. <laughs> you sure can't. But we're going to take some live draft on draft questions. we got folks driving in from all over the place to answer questions. And here's a little-known fact. If you come on the show, like come to a tailgate tour stop, the next one uh, – We'll be at the Jets-Browns Monday night football game, E11, in the lot, tailgating. 
come out there, ask questions. You're going to get some stuff from yeah. us. Yeah, the guys if I run out of merchandise, swag. I'll give you money. I like, mean, the guys here at Pluckers are getting hoodies today. They're getting so. hoodies. They're getting wristbands. They're getting koozies. Beers. Beers. Lots yeah, of beers. Beers are coming. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad setup. So let's start it off. Our guy Ethan, first question. And he's rocking a PFG, so that's the best. A Texas PFG. All right, so I know you guys were done about talking about AB, but I have one question about it. <laughs> no. Do you think Bill Belichick would take a chance on AB? If anyone will, I think it's Bill. Like, that's that's what I would say. I mean, it's almost too too perfect, right? You'd be like, ah, will Bill take a chance on? Yeah, I think he'll at least make a call and see what AB's mindset is. The, the key is the Patriots won't pay him. You know, like, no, they're not going to give him the money that he's expecting it, we talked about it this morning doing local radio. You almost need to have to be like week to week. Like, we're going to give you $5 million a week if you don't fuck this up. And that's why he left the, the Raiders, though. He he didn't want his guarantees gone. So he's like, you know what? Just cut me. So I don't know where he's going to find anybody else. I don't know if the Patriots are going to say, here's all this guaranteed money. As AFC fans, how terrified are the two of you that he Not goes to the all. Patriots? Not at all. Uh, I'm conflicted. <laughs> I'm a little more nervous, but my favorite team has no cornerbacks. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you put out there. I mean, we could trot Matt out there in the slot against the Jets' corners. Right. And he'll catch a couple <laughs> I, passes. Right. I mean, I think I'd be all right. Melo's team doesn't have corners either. Let's yeah. not I, act like I, I actually, I don't think he ends up with the Patriots. I'll say this. The Patriots have taken chances on players in the past that can be not destructive, but, you know, mm-hmm. different guys. Ocho Cinco. Um, Corey Dillon, Randy Moss. I think A.B. might be destructive enough, maybe, and maybe he'll be on the Patriots by the time this show comes out, where they might actually pass this time. I don't know. That's what I think. I, I think, think, I think this is a different level. Well, I will say, like, Randy and Corey Dillon weren't destructive. They were just unhappy no. with – they were tired of losing. They were locker room guys, too, though. Like, players liked Corey Randy Dillon. Moss. People loved Corey Dillon. You can't go on Instagram Live in Patriots locker room. Like, right? No. Bill will literally come over He'll or send you. someone over to kill you. Especially while your coach is talking. Yes. Bill would kill you. He would kill you. AB, for how amazing he is of a player, a Hall of Fame caliber receiver, is all about the Antonio Brown brand right now with all the video edits and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong. It's entertaining. He's exciting. I don't know if New England will take this risk. Now, is it terrifying, the thought of him and Tom Brady? Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, let's, if it did happen... I don't know how you stop. It's magic. I really don't. Because they have Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman, too. Might have Josh Gordon. No, he's... I think Josh is in a couple games. I hope. Yeah. Over under six. Heard that before. I used this analogy on radio this morning. It was like, this is the crazy girlfriend that all your friends want you to break up with. And you're like, no, 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 she's good now. Like, she's going to stop drinking. This time is different. This time's different. (laughs) She's going to therapy, guys. We've all been there. He won't ever do it again. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was, she was just, it was a bad time. She's okay now. We're That's never going to stop talking about AB. No, <laughs> no, we're not. It, or, not or using that analogy because it's so perfect. All right, next question. And I, I forgot your name. I'm so sorry. Okay, so my name is Isaiah. Uh, I'm a Packers fan, and I just want to know what y'all's key takeaways were from this past Thursday night's game. Okay, don't punch me. <laughs> I'm serious. You can. I won't stop you. Aaron didn't look that good. Like, Rodgers kind of looked shitty. Even the, the two throws to Jimmy Graham were bad throws where Jimmy just made a play. That one was in triple coverage. Like, and Rodgers is, like, one of three people that can pull that off, and you're like, oh, God, he's amazing. I think had you guys played anyone other than the Bears, you would have lost. But the Bears were so terrible. Uh, I would be worried about your offensive line. I really thought, especially Bakhtiari, yeah. who's supposed to be your best lineman, I thought he had a, a very bad day. 
uh, but you won. And when you can win on a day when your quarterback's not great and your left tackle's not great, that's a pretty good day. It's hard to do in the NFL. It really is. So the defense looked better. I don't know if that's because you played the Bears or if the defense is just better, though. I, yeah, I think it's a both. mix. I think it's a yeah. little bit of both. I think the defense did a good job of getting after the quarterback. I can't believe Adrian Amos got a pick, by the way. He had like <laughs> two in his whole career in Chicago, and then he gets one week one. Yeah. Listen, I'll say this, though. What you should take away from that, a road division win Yeah. to kick off week one, gigantic. Huge. Yeah. Gigantic. Because so, now you get to host the Bears yes. the next time you see That them. says a lot about that defense. And Rodgers took a lot of sacks, but he was really responsible with the ball. He wasn't as reckless as we've seen him in the past. So if the Bears want to win games, I don't know, 10-3, to 21-10 this year, fuck, they all count the same. Yep. Yeah, and I will say, like, you also, I don't know what that locker room felt about Matt LaFleur headed into week one, but you have a win now. So whatever his message was, it's like, oh, shit, this might actually work. Like, we won a game against the best defense in football. So yeah. we're okay. Like I, We might be all right. So I think that's huge, too, of just getting a team with such a young first-time head coach. Like Now you're bought in even a little bit more. So uh, I had picked the Bears to win the division, and when we were in Vegas, I changed my pick and picked Green Bay. So I'm with you. I hope you guys win it. So there you go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. All right, we got one more live draft on draft question, I think. And this dude's wearing a Kane is Able t-shirt. That's how good this is, a Kane is Able t-shirt. All right, buddy. All right, guys. I got a quick question. Who's the bigger diva, Antonio Brown or Terrell Owens? And then who are the other biggest divas in NFL history? Oh, that's a great question. I think AB is a bigger diva than Terrell Owens. I really do. I think Terrell Owens had a call with Josina Anderson today that she was tweeting about, and even he thinks this is over the line. I really thought your question was going to be, who's the bigger diva, AB or Matt? <laughs> well, no, can answer that. Was that. Close. Uh, that was close. The answer is you show up to work. We can say whatever we want. Whiskey about you. Dan, our producer. So that's that's the real answer. Yeah. yeah he, so Mello's making LSU fans hook them for a koozie. If you hook them, we'll give you a koozie. If you drop the hook them, we'll give you a koozie. I wasn't actually going to make you, but that's, if you do it, then yeah, yeah. there we go. You get one of these too. The Tiger fans travel well. Yeah, yeah Tiger fans travel, travel well. well. Tiger fans, Georgia fans. We've had so much fun with LSU fans the last two years at tailgate stops. No I'm looking forward to LSU at Bama as well. It's, start, it's starting to get a little crazy in here, though. Uh, so, Bigger Diva AB, one of the biggest divas I've ever covered. That's a good question. Dion. I knew you were going there. It, it always goes back to Dion. <laughs> Dion is the Whatever biggest. Whatever we're talking about that's bad, it comes back to Dion. It's always Dion. You know, Darrell Revis kind of was. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not, not doing that. He is a mercenary. Mercenary? Yeah. Not a diva. I guess that's not a diva. That's true. I mean, I, there are so many stories I want to say right now, and I feel like I just can't, so I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah, Cam I Newton. don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Underrated diva, Cam Newton. Yeah, it seems like maybe he's turned the corner. I don't I know, though. So. I don't know. It's tough to say with him. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of it gets managed and kept under wraps, but that is a good question. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone else does. Now, blame social media. A couple more live questions here for you, boys. Just had them uploaded. Phone decided to poop out on me. We are strolling through. All right. right. Where would so you prepared. rank Big USC's wide receiver right trio? They seem to be very talented with the possibility of a pass-happy offense. I know their starting quarterback went down, but where would you still rank that trio? This is actually his question. Did you hear all those details? Um, I think they're behind the obvious Alabama, Ohio, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. They're behind those four. Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Maybe. 
If you put Calcaterra in there, they're behind Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I would have them top five. No, probably like seven. I mean, they're very good. I really like uh, Vaughn and obviously Pittman. Uh, St. Brown is going to be electric, too, as a true sophomore. But I think they're still – you almost have to take into account they don't really have a quarterback playing with them now, especially since JT Daniels got hurt. I guess we'll find out. Maybe I'll have to eat my words like I did on our blind review of Thursday Night Football, but I just don't know if they're going to get it done with this offense with a freshman at quarterback. All right, so last question that we got here then. Um, Who's going to end up having a better career with Ohio State bearing injury, Chase Young or Nick Bosa? Chase Young. It's easy. Nick Bosa never played really. He he really played one year, and he was a rotational guy. Yeah, his freshman year he was very good as a rotational guy. I mean, let's not cur- uh, you know jinx him here, but Chase Young. I, I don't have my stats in front of me. I think he had ten and a half sacks last year. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's already got two this year. He, he's very he's good. He's already been. Uh, yeah. I think that he obviously is going to come out this year, but I think he's one of the best defensive line prospects I've ever seen. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, and we haven't really seen him play anyone yet. That's going to be the key. But uh, fun fact, they're not really going to play anyone this year. Not with this Michigan offensive line. No, looking the way they're it not. Uh, I did get one question. They didn't want to be on here with us, but they asked, uh, Kellen Mond, is he a pro prospect or not? Wait and see right now. Wait and see. He was very wrong. He, he started as a very young year? player. That's it. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I agree. I think it's a wait and see type of situation. Uh, he looked good last week. He made some throws, but we'll have to see what he can do this week. It's getting rowdy in here. It's getting rowdy in here. It's, it's getting rowdy. The Tiger fans are trying to take over the Plunkers. And I'm ready to join them. I'm ready to join them. I'm ready to roll the sleeves no, up. No, you're ready to Mike is leading the charge. I made him throw up the hook'em horn, so I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a ball He's advisor. a visor guy, too. you got to watch out for them. At us. Yeah. I love Austin. I love Austin. Yeah, we got to show Austin. these LSU fans fan. what's up. Yep. We have our Texas right? Brigade no uh, bodyguards right, that in front is of us, our so, show so we're okay right here. From Austin, Texas. Time to have fun. Uh, Hook'em Horns, fun. remember, I'm the only one that picked them to win. Just want to say. So uh, if I was wrong, I'm sorry. If I was right, you're never going to hear the end of it. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Connor and I will be updating you on everything that happened over the weekend, giving you some draft perspective, some no $100 handshakes this week. Whew, it might be on the Wednesday show. The Wednesday show might be four hours long as we get caught back up on everything happening. Thank you again to Pluckers. Thank you to the University of Texas football staff for hosting us. For Connor and Melo, this is Matt. We'll talk to you all real soon.